dear and precious nines called the mediators. <clears throat> so, if you believed what they believed, <clears throat> you would do what they do. And here's what they believe, and they can't help believing this. They believe that in order to be loved and valued, they must blend in and go along to get along. So you see, again, if you believed that, you would do that. And they can't help believing that. They didn't decide to believe that. That was inherent. That's what's so amazing about all these types, is we don't decide to be our type. We don't decide to believe what we believe. All righty. So consequently, type nines, the mediators, seek harmony and are comfortable and steady. But they can also be self-forgetting in a bad way, conflict avoidant, and sometimes stubborn. So for them, the original blissful state of unconditional love and union in which everyone belongs equally that goes into the background in a world that they perceive makes one unimportant unless you blend it in. So in order to have value and in order to be loved, you have to blend in. That's the rules. So nines came to believe that as a substitute for their own worth, they can gain belonging and comfort by attending to and merging with others and by dispersing energy into substitute objects. And at the same time, they develop inertia, self-forgetting about their own priorities and limits. So their worldview as mediators the world won't value my efforts, so I might as well stay comfortable and keep the peace. Again, if you believe that, that's what you would do too. They're not going to value my efforts anyway, so I might as well just be comfortable. Keep the peace. So their concerns, they like to maintain neutrality. They merge with the agenda of others and it mimics the comfort of union. They avoid anger, they avoid conflict, and this means that they replace essential needs with unessential substitutes. They are very ambivalent about personal decisions because they literally can see all sides of the question. So therefore, personal decisions are hard to make. And what they will do is postpone making decisions by repeating familiar situations. They find it hard to separate, and so therefore they will divert their energy to trivia. They have a delayed reaction time to anger. In their minds, anger equals separation. They control the situation by going stubborn. They can wait it out. 
their personality bias is we all enter the nine perspective when we feel inseparable. So we can feel what the nines feel whenever we feel like we're in a situation where it's inseparable. All of our boundaries go down and someone else's life becomes the motive for ours. And once merged, we feel like one skin and a single being. We have energy for our partner's agenda. Their interests feel vital. We feel enthusiastic about their life, which has become the focus of our life. So this is what it's like to be on the inside of a nine. In childhood, nines felt overlooked, whether they were or weren't. And so they blended in, and they learned to merge. They shelved their own agenda. For them, it was either agree and lose a position, or oppose and be left behind. So tension developed between wanting to comply so to be loved and wanting to defy so as to have their independence, as you can imagine. So for them, conflicting opinions appear to have equal merit. And so their energy simply gets diverted when they get overwhelmed and Whatever the essential task of the day is, the energy gets diverted from it. Their momentum slows down, and without realizing it, they go into a holding pattern. Energy for their primary goals gets siphoned off to secondary pursuits, and they forget themselves. They become absorbed with what other people are thinking and doing. So, here are their focal issues. One, comfort, acceptance, sagas, decision-making, acting from habit, passive-aggressive, codependent, inertia. So one, number one, comfort. Nines like comfort. They like that inseparable feeling of merging. They are attracted to the familiar, to the known, to predictable ways of doing things. Attention is then free to wander when there's no pressure. Nines like to reflect. They like to muse and consider things. They like time off, and the pleasure of a day without goals is described as liking to cruise on energy rather than having to mobilize for action, liking to expend energy in a comfortable way. A great deal of energy can be extremely disorienting unless it's called forth for a predictable activity. Two. Acceptance. Now, everybody wants to be accepted, but nines need to have their position spelled out, underscored, and directly acknowledged. 
when their own position feels so tenuous anyway, and another position feels so strong, they inevitably look to the other person to have their own value validated. And the actuality, though, is if they do actually merge with another person's agenda, then they're likely to blame that person if things don't go well. After all, this idea was yours, not mine. I just went along, which, of course, is very convenient. And because they are willing to go along with others, like all of us, they expect similar acceptance in return. So it takes a great effort for them to shape a personal agenda. And when it does happen, they expect other people to accept it. And it feels unfair to them that the same merger and support that they offer you is not reciprocated. Mediators' newly discovered priorities may sound small and uncertain to you, but it sounds loud and definite to the nine. So a partner of a nine will have to learn to listen carefully when an agenda finally emerges, because the nine is counting on the partner's acceptance in order to proceed. Three their sagas. Nines are famous for making 360-degree changes in life without prior notice. Others don't know that there have been steps and stages all along the way, and then suddenly the nines do something different. And the reason is that a decision has to be fully formed before they can bring it out, because once they bring it out, they're going to have to have a lot of strength to withstand any opposition. And when they finally are able to do that, they're likely to be stubbornly devoted to their point of view. Once they are sure, they hold on tight. Sometimes they'll even filibuster to make certain that they're heard. And the nine version of a filibuster is to tell their story at great length while tuning out any possible opposition. They have finally found a position, and they want to tell others about it at great length. Number four, decision-making. They have no problems making decisions about neutral things. It's just that when the personal decisions have to be made, sometimes obsessive thinking ensues. Should I? Or shouldn't I? Should I? Or shouldn't I? Should I? Or shouldn't I? Knowing what one actually thinks and feels makes them feel isolated and threatened rather than strong. <sighs> Sorry. Nice music. Amy, turn off your phone. <laughs> She's right. She's right. She's, she's so right. Why did I pick on John? <laughs> All right. Knowing what one wants can feel isolating and threatening, as I said. And for them, acting for themselves is unfamiliar territory. It brings up loneliness 
and they will mull over a decision from every possible point of view. And after all, if all sides are equal, then why do I have any reason to act on any one of them? And for them, it's easier to know what they don't want than what they do know. So what that means is they have to learn to make decisions in reverse. They can't figure out what they know until they figure out what they don't know. Sort of like me, I have no idea where my left hand is. I have to find out what my right hand is, and then I know that the other one is my left hand. They have to figure out what they don't want, and then they can figure out what they do want. It's very helpful if they know that at some point, and uh, they don't fight it, and they don't feel bad about it. Number five, they need act from habit. Nines act from habit. They often fall into a kind of ritualistic routine, and that is to their advantage. Familiar routes for them are comforting because they know just how much energy they have to have in order to get a task done. And after all, then the outcome is predictable. Once a groove has been established, it's very difficult to move a nine. The nines or mediators absorb positive regard and believe in themselves when others believe in them. Number six, codependent-like. Nines, like twos, unabashedly identify with others' needs more strongly than their own. This is their beginning point. There's nothing wrong with that. And as we well know, every type can be codependent. But the way in which that dependency is acted out varies according to type. The same external behavior can be produced from a variety of different motivations. So if a nine is codependent, it will take the form of merging with another person's life and abandoning them themselves. But nines can seem to act like codependent and not be codependent because they have learned to become internally separate and uncommitted. So sometimes they even look like they're codependent when they're not. Number seven, passive-aggressive. Since conflict is frightening, mediators will do everything possible to avoid open anger. Conflict, after all, leads to opposition. It leads to separation and aggression, all of which creates discomfort. So, nines express their anger in indirect, passive ways. They slow down. They sidetrack to other projects. They tune out. They'll outweigh you. And they will go stubborn. Actual awareness of, of anger is usually delayed until long after the provocation took place. And I understand that, too. They will, you will not get an argument from them. You will not get a threat from them. You will not get any physical withdrawal. Only a deafening, stubborn silence to inform you that things will not go your way. Now, partners often would like to know where the nine stands. They need to know, are you in this relationship or not?
partners will likely feel insulted occasionally, and they will hear at that point, but I didn't do anything from the nine. And the nine will be technically accurate. They literally did nothing but go stubborn. Number eight, inertia. The principle of inertia states that a physical body at rest tends to stay at rest, and a body in motion tends to stay in motion. Nines often say that they need a jump start to get rolling, and that once they get into gear, they are unstoppable. So for them, a good structure coupled with a good example and high energy guarantees participation from their part. Now, the least effective method of dealing with a nine is to leave it to them to initiate their own personal priorities. They lose awareness of themselves in what externally looks like a highly productive activity, but for them can feel like falling asleep. So there are times they look active, but they can actually be asleep on the inside. Now, the nine's ambivalence in this way is similar to a six's doubt. Ambivalence about a personal commitment can look like the six's doubt from an outsider's position. The availability of so many viewpoints makes it hard for the nine to activate any one of them. The inside story from the nines is that it feels like a sense of being overwhelmed with input, seeing many sides of the situation and the different contexts in which the same situation could be played out. They're almost too smart. Not only do nines see all sides of an argument, they also see how the context can affect that. And then there's the time element to consider. And everything's, everything seems so interrelated with everything else that it feels like they're on the outside of a ball rather than they are standing on one side or the other of a clearly drawn line of opinion. So in a six, doubt produces procrastination like the nine, but the placement of attention is quite different. For a six, an idea is proposed and then doubted. The attention shifts from belief to doubt to belief to doubt to belief to doubt. So, for the six, it's more like questioning the validity of a single idea rather than seeing the equality of all ideas. So, the six mind is contradictory rather than ambivalent like the nine. So, they both procrastinate, but they're doing it for entirely different reasons. Number nine, security. For them, what appears to be laziness, the antidote for that is high-level energetic habits. They have to get into the habit. For secure nines, they are usually secure because they are established in productive routines. And they enjoy the same degree of acceptance and regard as any hard-working three 
when they get into their routines, and that's saying something. Now, risk for a dime can feel like a cold panic. The usual stressors for nines are deadlines and having to oppose people openly. For instance, for a while there, it seemed like they have endless time, but suddenly they're staring at a looming deadline. There's no time. They're overwhelmed. They feel panicky. They're going to alienate other people's time, and everyone's going to be angry. And then they slide into paralysis. There is so much to do, and they can't do anything. Under severe pressure, nines literally stop and cannot move. And there is a kind of inactive armchair depression where attention is immersed in the TV or rerunning the problem internally. They may look comfortable on the outside, but on the inside they have numbed out. Any small encouragement and an offer to help them initiate first steps can break a depression cycle. In depression, their obsessive thinking centers on the worst-case scenarios. They become afraid of consequences, and then they start blaming themselves for inaction. And then the blame shifts, and the nines feel victimized. It's the authority's fault. I've been taken advantage of. The people were just too aggressive. I was helpless. Blame and rising emotion can be turned to advantage if it allows their real values to emerge. And again, when they are stressed, they know exactly what they don't want. Fear for them offers the possibility of them gaining access to focus that is typical of the sixes. So the best feature of stress for nines is that they can find their anger. And that charge of anger can then be redirected to constructive purposes. The energy is there to be transformed to its high opposite, which is faith in oneself and the ability to carry on alone. Again, that energy can be transformed to its high opposite, which for a nine is faith in one's self and the ability to carry on, carry on alone. In a relationship, obviously the nine wants to merge with you. It's very hard for them to separate. But they can become laconic and uncommunicative about what they really feel. So they can retreat into habitual patterns and trivial concerns rather than really engaging in a relationship with you. And as a nine partner, you will find yourself having to be the active agent if you want change. The nine will simply say back to you what you want to hear. Now, this does not imply that the nines actually agree with you. It's hard for them to say no, because after all, your needs sound louder than their own. 
Relationships deepen for the nine when they are able to merge with you without losing their own identity. In intimacy, nine can know other people's wishes more clearly than their own. It's easy to step into someone else's shoes and to see through their eyes, but it's really difficult to decide for yourself. Why do things my way rather than your way? Why choose when each opposing opinion has its own validity? Is it worth the effort? Is a fragile position worth the risk of alienating the people you love and feeling separated from their interests? So it's important for the partner to draw out the extent of Nine's actual interest because it's all too easy for the Nines to look agreeable, to say back something acceptably neutral, and to simply be carried along. They can be genuinely buoyed by your eagerness. The truth of the matter may be different when you're alone, and the momentum will simply die without your vitality to help them along. Now, the indecisiveness of the nines can be quite a challenge to the partners who are looking for leadership. Should I or shouldn't I? Should I or shouldn't I? Will I or won't I? Can I? Will I? Should I? The obsessive thinking. The nines often have the feeling that they fall into goals rather than choose them. They feel like they fell into careers. They fell into their livelihood. They fell into the place where they live. They have a sense that life is happening to them rather than them choosing it. Now, it's not usually effective to try and force a nine to choose, but it does help when a partner activates his or her own direction without requiring the nine to join in. You can draw a nine into activity, but you can't make them go first. Nines may not know what they want, but they do know what they don't want. They don't realize that they actually can chart a direction by the process of elimination, and that that's perfectly all right. Nines can set up a high-power routine that takes time and attention to maintain, which would then eliminate the decision-making which they find so stressful. So they can make life work for them. They can work towards their strengths, and they can eliminate or make smaller the parts of them that are very difficult, which is decision-making. So for them, if they get up early and immediately go into a structured schedule, then they will have no time to have to make decisions. Good for a nine. So they do well to put decision-making on a timetable sandwiched between structures, familiar activities, so that their energy doesn't die down. Sitting on the fence to them seems like a great place. It seems like to them a base of operation. It's not a place to be avoided, for heaven's sakes. So some of the negative signals that they give, again, 
they are passive-aggressive and they can be stubborn and they can be someone who is very detached. Their dispersion of energy and focus makes it look like everything is equally important to them. And then that turns around and makes you feel unimportant because you are just one of the many options in their life and they're all equal. And so it makes you feel unimportant. And again, nines can seem to be in agreement when they are not. You'll see them space out. You'll see them move into substitutes like TV, food, and habits that drain their energy and slows the relationship down. And they also, like everybody else, they give mixed messages. They will develop secondary interests as a way of burying their own priorities. Therefore, when they appear again to be in full agreement with you, they may just be involved in a very peripheral way because they don't want to cause trouble. The mixed message is outer compliance coupled with deep inner anger over missed opportunities. So the overt message is, it's not important. The covert message is, I'm angry about being overlooked. The overt message is, I've gone along with you as far as I can. This was your idea, not mine. Now, I don't like it, and it's your fault. But the covert message is, hey, I'm merged with you. Now you come up with something I like. <laughs> I think all of us do that, whether we're nines or not. <laughs> come up with something I like. <laughs> all right. The nine animal. The elephant. The sloth. The whale. The dolphin. The nine country. In Europe, it could be the Aust Austria. They welcomed the Nazis, and then they turned around and they welcomed the Allies. <laughs> Everything was okay with them. <laughs> Richard Rohr also said, "Any of the island, any of the islands, the people on the islands are nines." The nine color is gold. The biblical patron is Jonah. Okay, if the Roman Catholic Church is a six system, then liberal Protestantism is a nine system. Liberal Protestantism avoids clear dogmatic statements. They try to please everyone and they are open to everything. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> the lack of a clear profile that one frequently encounters in liberal Protestantism piety is one of the reasons why many people are turning their back on this form of Christianity, which strikes them as a supermarket of possibilities and sometimes makes pluralism an end of itself. It is also true that many people find this openness agreeable, and they see liberal Protestantism as a free space in which they are simply allowed to be themselves. If it is not irrelevant, if it is not to become irrelevant, liberal Protestantism will have to continually reflect on its Reformation roots, which is type one. And alongside a shapeless openness that welcomes and embraces everyone and everything, 
it must keep alive the question of truth and justice, which is type 8. So you have type 9, and on the right and left are type 1 and type 8. And type 8 is justice and truth, and type 1 are its Reformation roots. And so they're saying that if the 9, the liberal Protestantism, wants to stay moored, it needs to remember its wings, which I happen to think was very interesting. All right, I'm going to end now with how do you go about helping a nine? And because there are complaints about how negative this can sound, how wonderful nines are. See, I am very, very nice. So to help a nine, you can help them by setting priority lists for them and begin to slowly build a routine that supports the new priorities. Partners need to offer unconditional support for this new program, and personal presence and encouragement helps. If possible, do the activity together until the habit sets. If nines lose focus, remind them that this was their priority, because they may forget. You might need to reestablish their enthusiasm by becoming enthusiastic yourself. And if they tend and happen to lose track of themselves in the midst of it all, you can start all over again without reclamation. They grow by paying attention, by learning to structure their own agenda, and by learning to stay on track. They can learn to separate from people and they can learn to pay attention to themselves. They are helped by friends who encourage separate goals, who provide solid reinforcement for progress, who remind them of deeply held purposes that can be attained only by paying attention to themselves. Now, their attributes. Nines are really good at supporting the lives of others. They are really good about being caring and attentive. They give compromise easily. They are adaptive. They are receptive. They can be highly productive and happy when on track. They are a bulwark in other people's lives, they're able to offer non-judgmental regard. They are peacemakers. They have the gift of accepting others without prejudice. People feel understood and accepted in their presence. They can be unbiased arbitrators because they can literally see and appreciate the positive aspects of both peace and justice. They can express hard and harsh truths calmly and matter-of-factly. And finally, it is very easy to rest in their presence. So, those are the nines. They are the very middle, in the smack dab in the middle of a gut triad with the eights on one side and the ones on the other. So what that means is that next week we will finish the nine week with the ones.
of that will be the last one, the last gut, the people who live by their instincts, the nines who are the opposite of the eights. I call them the black holes. <laughs> All right. Do you know any nines? Do you, are you a nine? Does any of this ring true? Does anything make sense that didn't used to make sense? And what's so interesting is they're right in the middle of each of the triads. <clears throat> the three is the middle of the heart, the six is the middle of the head, and the nine is the middle. And that's the... Um, and so again, what they're saying is, is that when the nines are in a good place and they have habits and rituals in place and they can maintain their energy, that they look like threes, highly productive, focused. What happens is they just, when they, when they lose their momentum, 